Trigger warning. Due to his constrained English vocabulary, Martin often leans on crude language and swearing to make his point. I blame it on his northern heritage and lack of creativity. Matt is also a bit rough. You are here by caution. go yes and welcome back to uh, another episode of the friday physio confession podcast uh yeah i should probably introduce myself in each podcast which i never never did before uh my name is martin christensen my physiotherapist and i usually do this podcast with my co-host matt del brocco uh but i didn't tell him about this one and there's a reason for that because uh Mattel Brocco is uh hates two things in his life and that's Liverpool Football Club and Kairos. <laughs> and today's guest is Cairo. And it's a Cairo as usually we I've been dealing with on Twitter or X. Why you changed that? I can't can't really that was an insane change, wasn't it? It wasn't. It How was do you, yeah, fuck's sake. Yeah, but anyway, and uh, this is a man from States called Thomas Kaufman. Big ass name for a big ass dude, probably. Good beard on that one. And uh, we have been interacting a little bit. and uh, But then you uh, put out a tweet, said that you needed somebody. I did. And I got angry and pissed and said, come to the podcast. I figured that's, uh, what, that's what did it for you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so on the dark side, you're a Cairo. But if there, is there anything positive about you? Well, let's see. Um, I think there is a little bit of positive about me. Uh, I was a strength and conditioning coach first. So oh, yeah, okay. I want to say 80% of my treatment. Uh, my patients have a barbell or a kettlebell in hand. I don't know okay. if that makes it any better, right? The other 20%, yes, I do manipulations. I adjust cervical, thoracic, lumbar regions, and I do a little bit of instrument-assisted. If if I have to work on soft tissue, I choose needling. That's my that's my treatment of choice, and my patients actually enjoy it. So, you know, placebo, oh. maybe, but... I love it. So, you know what? And yeah. it works Trust for me. You give them a treatment, isn't it? You do something to them. <clears throat> is it because you're too lazy to do a, a, like a proper massage or something? Well, is it know, laziness, Thomas? Is it laziness? I, I think it's a little bit of laziness. You know, after spending yeah. 30 minutes with every patient, um, I get a little lazy with my hands. You know, I have to like touch them and, you know, make sure that their spine is straight. <laughs> And, uh, you know, if it's out of whack, then I have to adjust it, um, which may, you know, like in hindsight, it's not, that's not exactly what I do, but, uh, there's a little bit of laziness behind needling. Right. So when I first started, I was doing a lot like instrument assisted, like Graston style with the big tools and like long scraping. That, yeah. Is that the, yeah. Is that the fuck? Yeah. That's that's scraping. Scraping. Yeah. 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 yeah that's so I started with that and then <laughs> honestly, 
from from a, from a business standpoint, I was just spending way too much money on emulsifier, right? Just making it, making sure that I had the lotion proper, whatever. Um, and then it was, you know, ten minutes, and they just wanted that. Um, and then cupping came out, or you know, cupping became oh, a big no. thing. And they is were this, like, oh, "Is this going where I think it's going?" No, 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 is, no. I, is, I don't think so. No. Anyway, I, I never did cupping. I mean, I have cups. Oh, for fuck! I bought, cups. I bought cups, and I tried them. I try all techniques on me first, right? All of the techniques that I use. Yeah that I have used in some point, I have tried them to myself and I just never really found the first, the benefit of cupping and then two, the actual pleasure of it. Most of the time the cup, you know, either didn't stick to me or just left me this bruise. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's what's know. cupping you. It's hiccups. It, right? It's a hickey. It's a hickey. It's a hickey made by a non-human. So I don't like them. I don't do it on my patients. Uh, I probably did them maybe to like one or two athletes that just wanted to try it. And I had the yeah. cups of there. But um, but I, 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 I got trained in dry needling. Jeez, when I was still a chiropractic student, I was, you know, this is probably, it's four, let's see, my math, uh, about six, maybe six and a half years ago. And I, and I really enjoyed that because myself, because myself as a, as a, as a student, I had been dealing with patellotendinopathy and it would always flare up when I was squatting and it would always flare up when I was running and all that stuff. And the chiropractors that I had visited never really helped the physios that I had, the, the physical therapy that I did here never really helped the instrument assisted that, you know, was done to me never really helped the medical doctor here never really helped until there was one Cairo that I was um, I'm really good friends with. He, was, he essentially was the one that kind of said like, oh, you'd be great for chiropractic. I had a horrible experience with chiropractic at first until I met him, um, which is wild, right? Uh, but he needled me. He needled my, my knee. And uh, I, I tell you, for six months, I had no pain. I was able to go back to squatting. I was able to run and anything. No pain whatsoever. Granted, after six months, it kind of came back, not nearly as potent or as strong or as debilitating as it used to be. So, you know, a couple months later, I was like, okay, I need to I need to learn more about this dry needling. And I signed up for a course, learned about it. And ever since then, I've been reading material on dry needling. I've been reading the pros and cons of dry needling. You know, uh, the research that says dry needling is great. And then the research that says dry needling sucks. It doesn't do anything for you. So in a lot of it, right, you know, moving through through my practice, I went through instrument assisted, which it was just, I think it was just a lot more painful for the patient uh, than anything else. So, you know, they really enjoyed not being in discomfort. And then when I introduced dry needling into the office, they it, there was very little, like probably maybe two, three percent of my patients have had like, an uncomfortable sensation when the needle goes in, but for the most part, they've all experienced two to three days of relief, and it's just enough that they're able to do their homework. So that's one of the big things that I that I pride my office on. It's like my patients have homework, if they, if, and I tell them this this line verbatim: "You're gonna do your homework because if you don't do your homework, you're gonna see me more often. You're gonna pay off my student loans." 
And if you do your homework, you don't get to see me that often. And I just have to figure out how to pay my student loans off a different way. Right. They all laugh because they think it's funny. But I'm being serious. My main goal is to get them back to being just as active as they can without really relying on me 100% of the time. So even though I do needle my patients, as part of their treatment, they get a lot of rehab. They get a lot of movement um, <clears throat> movement changes or you know, changing how their movement patterns are going and like what stretches they should do or what movements they should be doing at home so that they don't come to the office that often. And I want to say, you know, 90% of my patients really like that approach and, and really enjoy it because they've had the same experience that I had at the beginning where I first went to a chiropractor for back pain after a clean that went bad, went bad. We were doing 50 cleans. I was doing CrossFit. So, you know, clean 48, my back hurts, still finished. And then the next day I told the coach, I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm my back hurts, send me to the chiropractor. Chiropractor takes x-rays, full spine x-rays. Yeah, Mind you, I'm 20. Gosh, what was I? I was 22. I think I was 22 years old by then. And um, gosh, this is such a bad Cairo. Anyway, takes full full spine x-rays of me, post them on their little, you know, full spine radiograph viewer. This is all analog. And he's pointing out to this, all these tiny little speckles all around my joints. And he's like, see that? That's grade one arthritis. And then see this over here? And that's grade two arthritis. So 22-year-old kid, I'm, you know, naive, naive to be the best, the, the best word to describe me at that point. He's telling me that I have arthritis and then I need all these adjustments. And, I, you know, he's going to correct that arthritis and all that stuff. So he sells me on this 52 visits. You know, uh, <clears throat> I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I need it. Obviously, my back needs it. Mind you, I'm pre-med, right? I, I'm pre-med at, at the university at this point. And, but I've never seen a radiograph in my life before, except for that one. So when he was explaining all this stuff, like it just, hey, he's a doctor. He's a doctor of chiropractic, right? Obviously, he studied all this stuff. He knows what he's talking about. Believed him. I want to say probably three visits in. Within the first week, my back was totally fine. I was back to working out. And uh, he kind of told me, he's like, oh, well, you know, you signed the contract. You know, you signed the plan for 52 visits, you know, for like $5,000. Uh, you oh, know, Jesus either. Christ. Exactly. Exactly. So he goes, you know, he did it. His front desk goes, well, you have to either pay off the plan or you have to complete the plan. And that's when I kind of got a little smart, looked up, did my little research, got on Reddit. Um, <laughs> did your little research, gone on Reddit. Yeah, yeah okay. Reddit. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I came, I came across the whole point of like, you know, uh, in, in the United States, a, a healthcare practitioner cannot bill for services that are not rendered. So if he had only rendered three adjustments on me all i was responsible to pay for was three adjustments regardless of what the contract said right because if i just didn't show up like that was on me like and it just didn't do anything so after maybe five visits i just stopped showing up and i got a couple of calls and like oh we're gonna send you to collections and i was like okay go for it right like it's not like yeah. i'm not paying for services rendered so never heard back from that and at that point at 22 years old i was like oh, that's it I hate kairos 
screw them. Right? Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're just salesmen. And that's like a good, uh, good man, 22 year old you. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, like you agree <laughs> with 22 year old me. And, uh, <laughs> and I was, I was a manager at a, at a gym here. And one of, one of, uh, one of the, uh, one of the members was a chiropractor. Well, he is a chiropractor and he, him and I just traded like information, you know, and have a couple of questions about chiropractic and he'd be open with it. And then he'd have a couple of questions of training and we just back and forth. And then I started having that knee pain and that patella tendinopathy, early size of patella tendinopathy. And I went to go see him. I explained what was going on. He kind of adjusted my hips, you know, did the low back adjustment. And then he grabbed my knee No, he grabbed my ankle. Oh shit! There was a long pause there. Of my ankle. There was a too long pause, oh, Thomas. I, that was I, a too. I had to too think long about it. pause. Oh Jesus Christ! Are we going into a, 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 a sexual abuse story now? Where are this ending up? <laughs> oh, is this is, this is not the right podcast like, for trauma. Every, every, Every month I get a newsletter from the uh, state association and there's like one new sexual case. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. But, exactly. uh, anyway, so, so you know, he did a long yeah. extraction of, of the ankle and then he manipulated my patella, um, which to this day, I just don't know how that happened. Um, but, I, <laughs> you know, I did it for like three or four days and I was like, oh, you know, my leg feels great. Obviously, after after a while, it just kind of came back, and I just dealt with it. And but at that point, he kind of gave me a bit of more information on chiropractic, right? And he agreed that my first chiropractic experience was exactly what I want to say: bad business owners usually end up doing, um, because they want to make as much money as they possibly can, not necessarily provide the best treatment for the patient. So. At that point, he kind of, I was able to respect him a little bit more. And I started looking into chiropractic because at that point, I was still looking into going into um, either orthopedic surgery, plastic surgery, or uh, physical therapy. And uh, I will say, I was not a fan of taking another test two years after I graduated from the university. So I didn't want to take the MCAT and I didn't want to do a GRE. So I kind of like, I was like, oh, well. Let's see what chiropractic, you know, what do I have to do to get into chiropractic school? Actually, I, you don't have to take a test. So I was like, oh, well, let's apply to it. Well, that explains uh, actually, a lot, actually. But yeah. Exactly, it does. It, you know what? Now that I'm out of it, it does explain a lot. It does explain a lot. Um, so I originally, I looked into the master's in sports rehabilitation and sports science and rehabilitation that Logan had. And that's how they got me because I applied for that and admissions calls me and, he, and they're like, Hey man, you know, your grades are amazing. Like, it looks like, you know, your stuff. We want have you thought about getting into the chiropractic program? And I was like, mm, I don't know. You know, it's like, I just never really thought about it. And then I was like, you know what? Let's apply for it. You know, if, if I get into it, the best that comes out of it is I become a doctor of chiropractic. The worst that I that comes out of it is I become a doctor of chiropractic. You know, yeah. I'll have a doctorate. I'll know more about something else, and I'll be able to use it, right? So I'm still a healthcare practitioner in the United States. So my goal is to 
not be a chiropractor like every other chiropractor out there and still be able to provide adequate care for all my patients. So I applied to it. <laughs> I kid you not. Fastest approval ever. Like when I applied for my undergrad, it took like a month and a half for me to get a letter. Within three days, yeah. I got a phone call and said, hey, you've been approved. You know, you're in, you're in the program, blah, blah, blah. blah. I was like, wow, super shocked, right? I mean, the, uh, what is it? It would be the summer cohort was just about to start. So this was May. And they were like, we'll offer you a $5,000 break if you move to, you know, move to Chesterfield, which is at that point was three hours away from me. So they were like, we'll, we'll give you a $5,000 break on your tuition this semester if you start in the summer rather than in the fall, because it was a big class. And as, as an enticing $5,000 sounds like in the grand scheme of things of $200,000 possible student loan situation at that point, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to move this weekend, one, find an apartment or a place to live and be ready to start school on Monday, right? So they gave me like six days. So I said no to that. But, you know, I started in the fall, fall of 2015. I started chiropractic school and yes, there were a lot of principled classes and philosophy based classes that I was just like, this doesn't even meet the science of today, right? It's, they yeah. still teach some of the antiquated philosophy and the antiquated, like the body will heal the body, which, you know, yes, there is the whole body that will heal the body to an extent, but there's no speeding up the process unless you're adding stuff to the body you know, like stem cells or something along those lines. So, yeah. you know, the whole, idea, just, yeah. the, the whole idea that, you know, the bone was out of place. I was just like, I, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't make sense. Um, the whole idea that, you know, the, if the spine was misaligned, you couldn't live a quality life. I'm like, I don't know, guys, but, you know, from strength and conditioning world, like I see patients with scoliosis, or at that point, I see people with scoliosis all the time and they're lifting you know 300 pounds 400 pounds yes they may have some back pain and, and some discomfort every once in a while but their quality of life seems pretty decent to me you know so i yeah, always have yeah my doubts on like the whole that uh, i don't want to say the foundation of chiropractic but um the principles or, or the philosophy behind it right and yeah. even to this day on on X, I will come across um, a couple of chiropractors that are fighting the fight against, um, you know, medical doctors or other accounts that are anti-quack or whatever uh, that typically end up posting the whole, oh, well, chiropractic was started by magnet healer. I'm like, did you see where microbiology got started? The guy with a cork? Like, yeah, everything gets yeah, started. Well, yeah. And it just depends on, you know, where the profession, where the profession as a whole takes it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, that, that was one of my, uh, like, uh, uh, bomb questions for you. Like, how do you feel to be in a profession where the ethos was dreamt up in well, a dream? You know, or a to be honest, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to it anymore. I mean, at no. first when I graduated, Goodness, you know, when I when I graduated and I, I think I think at that same time I got on X again, well, on Twitter, right? Um, I had deleted my Twitter profile before 
because I never used it. And I was like, oh, well, well, you know, maybe now that I'm more mature, I will have better conversations with people online. So, you know, I got <laughs> and oh, my God, was I wrong? <laughs> there is no maturity, none whatsoever. No, when no, no. There's conversations online. So, I, you know, I saw the attacks uh, on Kairos and I, you know, I one of the very early follow um, accounts that I follow was Greg and Adam. And, you know, they were all, they always had their banter back and forth between Greg being a Cairo for a while and then Adam, you know, being a physio. And uh, then I started following. Well, I didn't follow. I started to come across a lot of um, cervical, um, yeah, vertebral artery dissections and, you know, why yeah. manipulation of the neck is bad and chiropractors are bad and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, like there's really not much that I can do to, you know, to really appease the masses, you know, the just like I said, you know, with dry needling, there is your yeah. articles that say, you know what, it works with this, it works with that, it works with e-stem, it works for headaches, whatever. And then you have your articles that say, well, you know, it's no different than, you know, putting pressure on the on the back of the head. It's no different than a cervical manipulation. It's no different than exercise. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, is what, uh, this, yeah. this is one of the cases. To like, me, uh, all, not, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what you're describing, like, um, is that uh, my thinking is that we should be above the endless debate about chiros being quacks or nephropods being quacks, osteos being quacks, or some physios being quacks. Is that we should discuss like the whole idea of bone being out of place, joints being out of place is just. Yeah, it, it's it's disproven. That's, that's not our discussion anymore, but it's it's still our, and I can't can't wrap my hand head around it you because know, I, we should be discuss, discussing what is the effect. I, I think a lot of I think a lot of the reasons why some Kairos, and I don't know, you know, where where Dio's. I mean, I didn't really. To me, a DO was just like another profession as a medical doctor, but apparently, you know, Dio, Dio, you need to. Uh, Sorry, so is doctor of osteopathy, so an osteopath, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so here in the states, uh, <laughs> a little little history lesson, right? So you had oh, chiropractors, yeah. osteopaths, and then medical doctors, right? So you have your DC. Well, back then was just chiro, osteo, and medical doctor. And I'm not even gonna lie. At some date, uh, there was a big issue. The medical industry tried to destroy osteopathy and chiropractic because they were like oh they're not based on science or lies or quackeries whatever because osteopaths actually believed a very similar ideology as chiropractors but with the heart being at the center so um blood flow essentially right yeah chiropractors stuck with the whole central nervous system well your brain is the one that controls the thing and the conduit is the spinal cord and you know you take care of the vertebral spine, you'll take care of everything else. So chiropractic and osteopathy actually were pretty, did really go hand in hand for, you know, 20 to 30 years. And then the AMA, the American Medical Association, was trying to get rid of all that quackery. Well, a judge came out and said, you know, and I'm just paraphrasing everything, is essentially saying, well, no, you know, it's a free market, right? Uh, as long as chiropractic is based on a 
on, on science. And at that point, you know, they were using the anatomy and physiology of the time. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing a disservice to the public because they're still providing some type of health care. Uh, so they just, so essentially the AMA said, okay, we will allow you to continue your paths as long as you have some science in it, as long as you do this and as long as you do that. And I can't remember what all the things were, but essentially the D, the osteopath decided, well, you know what, we'll just integrate with the MDs. That was the other option. You know, we'll integrate with the MDs. And then, you know, they, the American Medical Association said, okay, so since you are going to be quote unquote an MD, you'll be a doctor of osteopathy. You can still learn whatever you want to learn, but you have to follow the program and the curriculum set by the AMA. Chiropractors didn't want to do that, so they stayed as a private organization. And, and uh, you know, ever since then, I think it's been 80 years now, uh, chiropractic has, be, has, has turned into a doctor of chiropractic program in the States uh, on its own, while the osteopathy has become a doctor of osteopathy underneath the medical umbrella. And, and for the longest time, I just thought, oh, you know, they're great. You know, if you're a DO, awesome. Like, congratulations. Well, apparently, in a lot of online forums, DOs are still thought of as with the same reputation as a chiropractor. So I was like, man, you can't really win. You know, it's either you're an MD or you're nothing to a lot of people. And even though the DO essentially goes to medical school, learns the same thing that a medical doctor learns and does residency with medical doctors, they're still not seen to the gold standard of an MD, right? Uh, you know, I don't want to even go to a chiropractic route because, you know, there's a whole, a lot of, stu a lot of, you know, and I even fell through it uh, when I started and was like, well, shit, like I learned the same anatomy as a medical doctor. I learned the same physiology, learned the same pathology, learned 90% yeah. of it is the same. I'm like, the only things that I don't learn as much is toxicology and pharmacology, right? Like I've had to learn that on my own with patients coming in with different medications and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that was like super wild to me to see that in, in online forums, like doctors of chiropractic are just um, not, not doctors of chiropractic and um Doctors of osteopathy are not seen to any to any regard as any a health a healthcare professional, regardless of their education. And it's this just makes makes me think about you know the show two and a half men because oh you you also yeah. so through Twitter you've come across um, Bernard, right? Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, no, it's not. Also, it's South Africa. No, no, no. South Africa. South Africa. That's right. Yeah. So he's yeah. in South Africa. And I actually, when I had my podcast, I, I had a conversation with him, right? Um, in South Africa, and I'm pretty sure in Norway and the UK, chiropractic is a master's degree. Yeah. Right? So only in America, and I say America because, you know, North and South America, is chiropractic a doctorate's degree? I think, I think Australia and some places in Japan and China, the, the doctor degree is still uh, recognized, but anywhere else in the world, it's a master's of chiropractic. And to me, that's just, but, is like, yeah, wild. Yeah. 
But how how many years are, are the chiropractic school? Uh, so when I started, they had just condensed the program from four years to three and a half. So it okay. used to be four years of chiropractic education after. So so in the States, you have, you have your undergrad education, which is four years, a minimum of four years. And then you have, uh, you can either go master's degree or doctorate, right? So you complete four years of under, undergraduate education. And then for chiropractic, you do another four years. Well, nowadays it's three and a half years of chiropractic education. Uh, in comparison yeah. to, let's say, a medical doctor is four years of undergraduate education plus four years of medical college plus however long you have in your residency. So, you know, if you end up going through a fellowship, that could still be an additional, what, 12 years of education after you do your undergrad. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot more education uh, when it comes to the medical medical program. Yeah. So but in total, that's seven years, is it? Uh, for chiropractors? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after you graduate high school, yeah, about seven and a half years, I'd say. I think yeah. I think the youngest chiropractor that I've met uh, was 19 years old when he graduated. And that is because the kid's a genius. Yeah, and we don't talk about geniuses here. No, no. <laughs> Not in chiropractic Welcome. either. Yeah. Yeah, Stockholm. No, <laughs> that, that's just no way. We're, we're okay. Let's say um, now. We all know that. Uh, I think both you and me agree upon that. Some of the old uh, logic behind manipulations and stuff like that. Why? Why does it feel good? And why does it? Yeah, exactly. Is a bit outdated. But what? What do you tell your patients now when you do crapulacum? So, so when I do crackalackum, uh, I tell them that this is going to fix their life forever, and they just yeah, move. of course, yeah. obviously, one yeah. thing, um, you know. But there are some that I tell them that the adjustment is just mobilizing their joints faster than usual, right? So it gaps the joint. It that response creates a sensory a sensory effect to the brain, and that's pretty much it. It just feels good, releases dopamine. I try to educate my patients as best as possible when it comes to this. It just releases dopamine and it feels good. The segment gets to move better because of the effect of the muscle. The muscle tends to kind of calm down a little bit more. And I usually always add, and now this is where we're able to do our exercises. We're able to mobilize better. You're able to go through ranges of motion a lot easier. And that just helps get you back to where you want to be. Right. So I don't try to tell them that I'm putting the bone back in place. I actually have a lot of patients that have come from chiropractors that have told them that, oh, you know, your spine is misaligned. You know, you got these bones out of place that they've been with them for. I think the longest one was three years. Three years. And I had to explain to him that his spine was totally fine. Right. Like he even brought his x-rays from from that chiropractor. And I we went through them in my computer and I said, hey, listen, you know, I am no expert in radiology in radiology. Right. Like I'm not ex an x-ray technician. I don't read x-rays. I have my x-rays read by a professional and then I interpret their findings. Right. Um, but I was like, honestly, you know, like the arthritis that was told to them, I was like, that's just. You know, it's just a finding. It's, you know, 
and it actually just looks like there's dust in the picture here. Um, and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, what about my rotated pelvis? Rotated pelvis. That's the best one. <laughs> I'm like, um, well, I, you know, and, and this is the best part. I'm honest with them as best as I can. Cause I, I tell them, it's like, can you tell me, you know, from a 2d picture from a 2d bone picture, you know, that is based on atoms and like particles reflecting off of something else. Can you tell that your bones are rotated? And they were like, well, I didn't go to school for this. And I go, I, I, and I tell them, it's like, I did. And you can't because it's a 2D model, right? So that's when they start thinking, you know, they're, in my head, there's two thoughts that they're thinking. Wow, this guy's honest. Or two, holy shit, I got to get out of here because this guy has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I got no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> this guy did not agree with the other guy. Um, but I've only had, and I'll be honest, I've only had three patients walk out on me because they really didn't think that I knew what I was talking about. And they were honest with me and they said, you know what? Like, this is not going to work out with me. I don't think, you know, we're the right fit. Um, and I was totally fine with it. And I said, Hey, you know what? This, there's this other chiropractor down the street. He might be able to help you with your problem. Right. So yeah, I'm okay with some, with some of those move along. Yeah. 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 You know, And this goes to show one of my favorite quotes ever came from Adam Meekings in one of his courses. It was like, doesn't matter if you're wrong or right or how right you are. If the patient or the person in front of you don't like you more than the other one, they will not believe you. Oh, I... But if they do like you more than the surgeon or the other chiro or the other physio, they will believe you. It's all on personality, right? And, yeah. and and it's so wild because, you know, um, I don't know if you ever saw a picture of my old office. I think I had one on Twitter, but I don't think. Yeah, so, yeah. Did you? It was okay. full of, uh, this is wrong with your spine. You need to get adjusted. <laughs> this is what rotated pelvises will lead to. If you sleep sideways, you will fuck up your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, uh, those things. pillow that I created, uh, you know, out of uh, cow skin and, you know, uh, sheep. Yes. Um, mm, mm. Uh, no, that, that, that's my first office. My second office, uh, when you walked <laughs> in, you, you walked into a gym. I, 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 I redid it, right? I got rid of all, of all those signs. Uh, no, when you walked into the, into the office, you walked in and you saw kettlebells and you saw a treadmill and you saw a squat rack and you saw weights. And the first thing that most of, of, of the newcomers that were coming in that had no idea who I really was. These are like 100% referrals. They were like, oh, is this the chiropractor's office? And I said, oh, yeah. You know, like I'm Dr. Kaufman, you know, I'm, a, I'm the chiropractor here. And they're like, oh, well, I just didn't know. And I said, yes, of course, right? Like it's, it looks very different from your regular, your typical chiropractic office. And that's yeah. what typically I give a little bit of my spiel. You know, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I believe in you know, being active in your care and, you know, this gives you power and how you get treated, but it also allows me to give you exercises and movements that are going to help you get back to where you want to be. And typically by then, you know, that we build that rapport and then through my subjective, you know, asking them like, okay, what's going on and all that stuff, you know, they would share stories with me. And, you know, I think that it's only fair if I'm getting to know them that they get to know who's going to be treating them. Right. So I'd always yeah. 
share a little bit of a bit of me that may resonate with them after I hear their story. Um, so we, I, I've had a really good relationship with all of my patients and, you know, over the years, I, over the last five years that I had my private practice, I, I've seen, uh, 372 patients because I, I don't want to do a volume practice. I don't want to see people that I don't know their name and people that I don't know what's going on with them in their life. So I've, I've taken my time to build my practice in that sense. And I will say out of 375 patients that I've seen or 72 patients, I think I only had maybe 20 or 25 that just enjoyed getting cracked. And the conversation usually went as, can I come in once a month to get adjusted? And I would always be like, well, you know, why? <laughs> Not that my yeah. you know bank account would say no to it, but I want to know why you want to come in to get adjusted. You know, and typically their answer was, well, I just feel really good after I get adjusted, right? And I work out a lot and I feel really good after I get my back adjusted or, you know, something. And it was usually a positive experience. So, you know, at that point, who am I to remove positive positive experiences from you? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to uh, poke you a little bit and do a, a dickhead uh, argument. Oh, I, let's do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel quite happy and quite good in the days and up to a week after getting a really good low job. Well, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You should get them more often, I say. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we agree. Yeah. All right. You'll see where I'm getting with, getting with this. Yeah. The only, oh, fuck you. Yeah. You ruin it. <laughs> Listen, you know. Yeah. But I, I know as a private practitioner, it's like sometimes I've done the same. Like I've done what I would describe as wellness treatment. Sure. That wasn't needed, but it felt good about uh, built a report and, uh, and the things we discussed within that at that moment of me just doing this, I would always say like, "You you know you don't need this, you know, yeah 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 yeah, you would do that that." But yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I I try to be as transparent with my patients as possible, right? Um, in the end, they know I'm running a business, and uh, chiropractic and physiotherapy is a business that is finite, right? I mean, you can only get as many patients as one, your insurance allows you to see, or two, your marketing allows you to see, right? In private practice is usually how many patients can you get from your marketing that are going to come see you and, you know, or look for your services. And I'll be honest, uh, here in my, in the town that I'm at, from my office in a one mile radius, which is 1.6 kilometers for you, if you just didn't know, um, <laughs> I have about 27 chiropractic offices. All right. The, the, that's just how many chiropractors I'm arguing against, right? And yeah. I'm going to say all, right. all the 27 offices don't practice yeah. within the quote-unquote, um, let's call it new age of understanding that your patients don't necessarily need chiropractic adjustments all the time. Yeah. Because that was my, right. my question, but 
my question would be like, how many of those other clinics do you think? Well, I know you to be updated evidence where except the needle thing, needle and thing, but that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, like how many of those clinics would you say were quacks? Oh, and I, how many are I would say, um, I, I want to say, unfortunately, I want to say majority of them are, it's probably going to be a 60, 40 split, right? 60% yeah, okay. of them are still pushing the, you know, when you walk in, we're going to get your next ray and we're going to do corrective, corrective adjusting. And we're going to get your spine yeah. back to neutral. And they, they, they hit big on the neutral and you know one thing that i've the big thing of of my office is i ex, I, I try to explain again you know back to the transparency thing I'm, I'm getting boring here but i try to be as honest with my patients as possible right like i yeah. i don't treat yes i have seen a couple of fractures but it's like oh you know what based on my assessment, I think you have a fracture. This is where you're going to go next, right? Like go to the emergency room, go to urgent care, get it taken care of. Um, I, I don't, like I, you know, like I told you earlier, I don't deal with life or death situations. I also don't deal with, you know, the idea that an adjustment is going to cure autism and that the adjustment is going to cure Tourette's. <laughs> um, uh, I was just tagging yeah. just a couple of, uh, actually yesterday, I was tagged on a post um, about this new manipulation technique, right? And I had never heard of it um, until yesterday. So I did a little bit of digging uh, within, you know, the hour that I had. Already. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, with your phone, you can do many things with, within an hour. Uh, so oh, so yeah. I, I, I am a very good detective when it comes to this kind of things, right? Um, I should have become a detective, but... I wouldn't solve the crime on time um, nowadays. <laughs> uh, but looking looking at the technique is like it's again. I was able to come across a couple of videos online of how the technique is performed. It's nothing new. It, it, it's it's adjustments that we have learned in school. Like we learn these adjustments. The big thing is the philosophy that comes behind it. And one of yeah. the one of their biggest spiels was you know this technique was created to treat frozen shoulders. And according to them, you know, they have, they have cured so many, they have cured or treated so many fr frozen shoulders positively. If you understand frozen shoulder, you have your frozen region, your fro frozen time and you have your thought out time, you know, how do you know you're not in the thought out time? Mm. And how do you not know that your adjustment was just right before the thought out time? Yeah. And you just encourage that person to be a little bit more active. Right? Yeah, and this is and, and and you're what you're talking about now is one of the greatest like arguments or or when you start to understand what treatments do and what treatments don't and why anecdotes are very limited evidence wise is like when when do we seek out care? It's when we are our worst. Okay, and. When we are worst, it's probably high wave. What naturally comes after natural Correct. history, downwards spiral. Yeah, yeah. And, and and new techniques within manipulation. I think there's there's easily just there's just one way you get your joints to pop. Put them into 
uh, the mobility it has, and then you push a little bit up yeah. over it, so get that cavity. Yeah. In chiropractic terms, we call that the paraphysiologic space. Oh, yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just beyond the physiological space. <laughs> right. Okay. So now you know it. So now you know it. it's a paraphysiological space. And yes. Yeah. And to me, that's that's the biggest thing, right? So, you know, I get tagged on this post and they ask me what I think about it. And I'm like, well, you know, it's nothing that I haven't learned in school yet. The biggest difference is that they are trying to claim that, oh, the, this adjustment treats not only frozen shoulder, but it's helped people with autism, help people with Tourette's. And I'm yeah, just like, exactly. These are neurological conditions. Like, you, I do believe, right? I do believe that the moment that you take the joint through that paraphysiological space, you create a, a small change in the neurology. But it's a small change. It's not long lasting. You know, I've had patients that feel great after, you know, for 20 to 25 minutes after getting adjusted and then go back to just who they used to be, right? Somebody who was in discomfort. And and the biggest thing is, you know, like I explained this to them. It's like, you know what? The adjustment's just going to get us a small window of opportunity to get you moving good. Right to to optimally load you, and you know I hate the word. Well, yeah, no. What I would say is like not, not necessarily to move good, but to move more freely without discomfort. Yeah, yeah. discomfort. Yeah, and, so, and like yeah, and, and back to the, the that little window when when they saw there's some research going into like uh, um, muscle tone, muscle tension. And and doing passive treatments like uh, uh, massage or manips or whatever, and and that muscle tension is up again after like ten minutes. Be- be- yeah. Because <laughs> and here is what I tell you know I I taught I taught myofascial techniques to my students. Okay, so we'll get into that later because it's a event. <laughs> um, let me finish this bit. <laughs> so. You know, to me, to me, when people start making those kind of claims of techniques, mm. where is the proof, right? Why is your technique not used widely? Why, why is there no like, why are why are people not really like commenting like, oh my god, my frozen shoulder like was cured, or you have all these testimonials? Where, where's all of that, right? Because yeah. I, I'm thinking, you know, like yes, you know, people are. are People, especially you know everybody in general, we're we're much faster to say something sucks than something is good, right? Like like physiotherapy, like what you guys all do is you know put people on a table and give them bands, and that's just you know how you guys work. That sucks, you know. Most people need a little bit more than that. You know, chiropractors, you know, you some of the some of us just adjust, and it's like, well, that on its own just kind of sucks. I mean, if anything, from Twitter, I've learned that everything sucks and nothing is good. Yeah, but but again, that that's is like you, you know, Greg Lyman. You talked about it, uh, you mentioned it before now, and so I see that like on Meekin's post and Lemon post, like nobody, nothing works, everything sucks. But what I really take take from it is that. Everything has the possibility to work within a set, certain set of frames. The thing is to to be able to identify what scenario are we in now, 
and you can do what the fuck you want. There's no rules. Just see the person in front of you. Go with oh, the flow. I could yeah. not agree more with you on this. Because, you know, 2018, probably 2020, 2021, I agreed with Greg, you know, because one, he's a Cairo, he's a physio, he's a conditioning coach. He knows his stuff. Like, you know, that Greg doesn't know his stuff, he knows it. And he can... He can play devil's advocate very well whenever he wants to. Yeah. You know? yeah. One day he'll be pro exercise and then the next day he'll be against exercise, you know, and you know, one day he'll be pro blowjobs and you know, the next day he'll yeah. be against blowjobs. But um and to me at that point, you know, brand new into practice, one year into on my own, and it's just like, oh man, you know, like is chiropractic really that bad, you know? Um, don't answer that question. You don't have to answer that question. Um Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, sorry. Yeah, go <laughs> yeah. on. Um, so, you know, at that point, I was just like, you know, like, yes, research research opens up a lot of ideas and closes some every once in a while. And as we get, you know, as, as time goes on and research evolves and we learn something new, yes, you know, maybe our outdated ideas are not necessarily more valid anymore. But we, you know, the thing, the thing with research and, and as, as far as I know right now is a lot of the current research says, oh, you know what? Like what we thought back then is probably not true because, we, you know, we can't replicate it anymore because things have changed, right? You know, research in the 60s is not going to be the same thing as research in 2024. So, okay, cool. Like, awesome. So what is the new thing? And until there's no new thing, like you really can't say like we have completely disproven this theory unless it's bone out of place. It's completely been disproven. You know, we can't really completely disprove this theory, but it's not how we thought it worked. You know, just take yeah. uh, foam rolling. Like when foam rolling was big, you know, 2016, 2017. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it runs on trigger points. It breaks down muscle knots, whatever. I did it. You know, now we know that that's not really the case. Like, I, I believe in the twitch response, right? I believe in trigger points. That's just my belief because I have them. I, I get them every once in a while. I work on them. I feel great. I feel good about it, right? So N plus one equals 100% awesomeness. Oh, fuck's sake, man. You stole um, the wholeness nest. You, <laughs> you did not just say that. Oh, that was all right. I think it's about the right time. I need to go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I fucking hit your trigger point right between your thighs. You trigger point. Do I need a link, man? You're just talking my language now. Um, so, um, so, so at some point, I, I gave up. You know, I gave up on trying to like make a case for research. You know, because I would get people that say, well, you know. That research says that 70% of those people didn't get any benefit from, let's say, chiropractic adjustment. I was like, yes, but 30% did, right? There's always two ways that you can look at at the data. You know, in, in most research, you get, you know, well, I want to say you get very little bias from who is conducting the research. But there's always a little bit of bias, right? Like, there's yeah. always... There's always that hope that your hypothesis is right. And when it doesn't, who's to say that they're really not skewing the numbers to be less wrong? Who really likes to be wrong? And, and let's put it this way. How often does a paper get published when something is wrong? 
like when something doesn't really work out. Yeah, public publication bias is a really, you know, really so, stick to get about. Yeah. So, so even then, you know, and going into my teaching of myofascial therapies, like when I when I, when I took over the myofascial therapies, um, I, I'm not sure if you're aware with Tom Meyer's work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. When I learned myofascial therapies, I learned Tom Meyer's work, which, you know, basically broke down the, the human body into separate layers of fascia and fascia, yeah. you know, anatomy trains, bitch. Yes. Yeah. So for a while I was like, oh, you know what? This all makes sense. You know, like that makes sense. Why I feel tightness when I do this it makes sense. Why it made sense. And I think a lot of, a, a lot of the, um, a lot of people end up going with what makes sense to them. Right. Yeah. The, the, the problem in today is that we we have created a society where we have been uh, assigned in the body to a machine, and that makes sense in into a machined mindset, right? Yeah. And that's my trouble with things that makes sense. It makes sense because we interpret our body functions, what we feel inside our body, with what we can see in, into the open world. And what we can see into the open world is wheels, clogs, yeah, tight shit, screws that are loose or tight and shit like that. And, and that's why I think that some of these, this philosophies of how the body works that have been shown to be outdated and not correct just makes sense because it makes sense from what we view the world as sure yeah no i, yeah. I completely agree yeah 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 that's good 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 place to stop the podcast yeah this is the norwegian taking his time out oh please continue thomas yeah <laughs> um you, you know it it, it makes what you're saying makes total sense, right? Uh, and, and that's where I kind of tried to break, you know, a lot of my patients come in and say stuff like, oh, well, you know, I just need an oil change. And I'm like, well, you're not a car. Like, first of all, yeah. you're still comparing yourself to a car. You're not, you're not a machine. You know, if you were a machine, you'd be able to, we'd be able to diagnose you in 15 minutes, you know, replace a part and pff, done. Bye-bye. You know, you're good to go for another 60,000 miles. Yeah. Plug it, the computer right up your ass and just exactly and yeah. and if it, if it all made sense, you know where's cancer coming from? You know why don't we have cures for cancer? Why don't we have cures for Alzheimer? Things don't make sense inside it's, the human body. It's big pharma, Thomas. They're keeping everything from us. Listen, I I just wanted to hear you <laughs> so we can agree on something. <laughs> I think I think I do think that we agree on on, on most things actually. Like so. When in regards to you take us back to the beginning and we talk about needles and you do dry needling and stuff like that. And I did a, a long Twitter thread on why I don't use needles. And it's all just yeah, you need to find that one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, uh it's like and most people freak the fuck out, yeah, needles and great needles. and some of the stories are like you, like I found this useful and stuff like that. But my whole point with this thread was there is enough evidence now that I will not use my own money to learn this skill. And that was my whole point. I didn't get um, trained in, in needling in uh, physio school. And I haven't done that um, after school as well. Or, yeah. 
So at the current time, the evidence is not there to support my use of my own money to learn this skill. Oh, you know, knowing what I know and knowing anecdotally or and evident research wise, um, evidently, I I don't know, um, evidence based, um, I would still, I would still choose to do needling. And I'll tell you, I I know. And and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you a couple of reasons, just one or two. One, um, I have seen more positives uh, from needling patients in, in the short, in the interim, right? Providing them yeah. with, pr- providing them with, um, with relief, you know, three four days that they're able to like enjoy their weekend or do something positively, and then uh, the second one is, I have, um. I have seen it most with shoulder issues, which to me at the beginning, you know, when I, when I started, I did a lot of rehab. Um, have you heard of dynamic neuromuscular stabilization? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's a prog product. Um, so I did a lot of that, right? A lot of my treatments for shoulder were based on DNS and I would get response in clinic but the moment that they were trying to do those movements or they were doing their exercises at home, nothing. I would get text messages like, well, why is the exercise not working and all this stuff? Yeah. And I started, I know, I know, I know. I started needling the shoulder just to improve that pain perception, right? And and from, from what I've learned, there is an analgesic response to the needle. And I will take that analgesic response and utilize it so that my patients can go home for the next three days and do pain-free movements. And as the pain starts setting back on, they already know the pain is going to come back on because they are only expecting three days of good of good time. Yeah. Right. First of all, I see a couple of problems with the argumentation. Because one of the theories behind why, <laughs> yeah, take another whiskey, boy. Yeah, hey, I'm going to fill up my <laughs> glass here. So uh, uh, one of the things is uh, the whole biology behind it, like the physiology that we create healing by starting several mini inflammatory responses. And to me, that's like, I'm going to treat alcoholism with vodka shots. And uh, second of all, the anecdotal evidence behind it and around it is that knowing which, what, what kind of society we're in where medicine and treatment are like solutions. We can't get back on the point that needling someone is, is dealing into that understanding of the body. You're given a treatment, no matter what you say, we know this from placebo studies that even if you say this is placebo, they will still get an effect. And, uh, so we're giving into a societal like understanding of what treatment is and what treatment is like. And then you got your own biases left is bought into that. I I'm no problem with like you saying you do it and you have great effect doing it. I've heard so many people tell me the same. But what I find is that there's 
too much uncertainty and like clinical uncertainty where you don't know what the fuck is going on but there's so much questions marks in and around that history and that experience I, I don't disagree yeah. right um what was it i knew i knew you i knew you were going to attack me on the whole dry needling thing so i was trying to get <laughs> um i have here uh i have six research articles right all about the needle effect and the physiology and blah 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 and the mechanisms and the neurology of the mechanisms and they all go back in circles um <laughs> because <clears throat> here's the thing right like why why does an adjustment work nobody really knows why do you get relief from an adjustment i mean there's so many mechanisms there that you could potentially just pick one and slap it under the adjustment right uh, exercise why does exercise work to reduce some pain why does exercise not work to reduce other pains right yeah. same, same thing mechanisms like and like you mentioned earlier you know like you can't you can't just look inside the body and say Oh, this is the cause of the issue. Like we're not cars, we're not we're not machines. We are biological individuals that have different responses and have different stimulations, right? So, yeah, to yeah. me, to me, the way that I view any modality that I use, whether it's needling, whether it's exercise, it's a modality because I typically use exercise until you know they get better, and that's just a modality. After and that, then you sign them up for a contract that says 52 yes, sessions. Yeah, yes, yeah. 52 personal training sessions at a thousand dollars an hour. That's what yeah. God, I wish. <laughs> uh, um, but but to me, to me, everything is just a stimulus, right? And, yeah. And I try to match the stimulus that the patient needs to create a response that that's going to get them to to do what I want them to do, right? And when I when I tell my patients what I'm going to do to them, I don't usually tell them verbatim like, "This is going to reduce the spasm here." So I, you know, adjustment. Hey, you know what? We're just going to mobilize the joints. We're going to make them do better, and then we're going to get you on the table. Uh, what if it's dry needling? Uh, hey, you know what? We're going to be working on the soft tissue. We're going to create just a small stimulus, a, a small stressful response for the muscles, and see how your body responds to it. Right. Uh, that would be the same case with instrument assisted soft tissue. It would be the same case if I did cupping. Um, it, it's just a stimulus to see how your body perceives that. And now I'm going to go into, you know, when I taught myofascial therapies, when I taught myofascial therapies, we talked more about the sensory receptors around the skin and the muscles then we talked about the fascia and the fibroblasts and all that stuff. You know, like, yes, there's there's new and upcoming research that says that fascia is another sensory organ and, you know, that it sends information faster than the nervous system. And I'm just like, it's all integrated. How the, f I, how the fuck can it sense anything faster than the neural? Okay. That's, as long as you don't say fascial adhesions. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh, fuck. that's the one thing. First thing that I tell, first thing that I usually ask my students, I was like, have you heard of additions? And, uh, and because I'm Mexican, it sounds like I'm asking about additions. Like how the fuck are you Mexican with a name like Thomas Kaufman? Well, you know, I like to keep my surprises to myself until the end. <laughs> uh, well, uh, anyway, my last name is German. Uh, my grandparents were from uh, actually Pennsylvania and Tennessee. 
but uh, two generations prior to my grandfather, he was German. Or they were from yeah. Germany uh, before they moved to the States. But anyway, back to the myofascial therapies. Um, <laughs> we, spent, we spent so much time talking about perception because uh, to me, in reality, any treatment that we provide, any guidelines that we provide as physios or chiros, any treatment that we do as physios or chiros are to manipulate the perception of the patient regardless of, not regardless, it, in conjunction to what their issue is, right? Somebody comes in with low back pain. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to do? You're going to change the perception of their low back so that they can move with, comf you know, comfortably. They move confidently. They can start loading it again. Uh, you know, as a physio, you may use, you know, a BOSU ball. You may use uh, the clamshell exercises. You may use... <laughs> I know you're fucking... <laughs> you're trying to fire me up, man. You're trying to fucking fire me up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking I'm just, the bait. I'm just remembering <laughs> everything that I think when I do it. The next on your list was yellow oh, fairbanks. You know, I put you on an Easter machine with a heating pad. <laughs> Fuck you, but all right. But now we're talking about what um what I liked. What we talked about a little bit about Greg Lemon. Greg Lemon is like uh what we do is symptom modification, right? Correct. We have different different techniques and different tools or, or or different approaches to just modify symptoms. Mm -hmm. Right. One school would say keep your back straight. One school would say. Well, yeah, just do whatever relax. you relax. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I think uh, one, I, I think, um, uh, per personally, you know, like students have asked me, like, if, if you were to do this again, would you still go chiropractic? And I, and I tell most students, I would go DO, right? Uh, doctor of physiopathy, because they still learn manipulation, they don't quite use it very much because. Most or, uh, osteopaths that work here in the States, they end up working for a hospital. So they work for hospital rules, right? Which typically mm -hmm. is three to five minute patient visit, kind of get them through the cogwheel and get them in, get them out. Um, but I would go private practice just like any other Cairo would. Um, one, uh, as a DO, you have a, a more, um, you have access to, to more healthcare uh, practices, I'd say, right? Like blood, uh, blood panels, hormones. Uh, you can order imaging without actually having to see an orthopedist or something like that. As a chiro, I still have all that stuff. Um, so I would say, you know, I'd go DO because one, I'd be able to communicate with medical doctors easier without being looked down on, right? And, and this all really has to be with, the, this all really has to do with the perception of the, um, of the profession, like yeah. chiropractors here, you know, still, it, it doesn't matter if you're trying to do the best thing for your patient or if your diagnosis is right. You can, I've sent, um, I've had one, uh, rheumatoid arthritis that I sent to the, to, to her, uh, PCP That's to get a rheumatology appointment. Okay. Second best thing. Yeah. yeah. And then I okay. sent, um, uh, what's the other one? Psoriatic arthritis. She came in, so I sent her back to her PCP to get a rheumatology or, uh, appointment so that she could get on something that could help her. You want to know what those PCPs told them? Not to go back to the chiropractor. The, the one person that actually sent them to their PCP because 
there's very little that I can do for RA and PA, right? Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't have access to those kind of drugs. So, so if I were to do it all over again, I'd go DO and have access to those drugs. And Hey, you know what, when you need a manipulation, I can do the manipulation. When you need, when you need me to take a look at your lifestyle, we take a look at your lifestyle together. Right. Yeah. And that's basically the only difference between chiropractor here and an osteopath here. It's, yeah. The, the ability to prescribe and remove prescriptions from a patient's history, right? It, so, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that point, but uh, yeah. I think I'm on well, four whiskeys now. So, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's I as it should early. be. Yeah. <laughs> if I could do it again, I would be a carpenter. A carpenter? Yeah, not anything to do with physio or healthcare. Whatever. You know, if, if I if I didn't do it all over again as in healthcare, I'd probably I would probably become a software engineer. Oh. I really like working on computers. I, I I think there's enough problems with computers on a daily that you know it'd keep me busy enough. My mind wanders. Yeah, busy. yeah. At least into World War Three breaks up. What's next? You got Russia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those kind of problems. Up, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Okay. But all right. So let, we've been talking for one hour and ten minutes soon, right? Oh wow! So, Jeez. Yeah. And uh, one thing I'll ask my guests is: Could you tell me one fuck up you made? One fuck up that I've made. Yeah. The bloodier, the better. If somebody um, died. Hmm. Okay, we'll do it. No, I don't think she died. Um, I'll tell you two. Um, yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you two because these both relate to the same issue. Um, so let's see. I was so this was just when I started. So I, this is probably December of two thousand nineteen. I opened my own uh, September two thousand nineteen. I opened my own practice. December two thousand nineteen. I'm three months into three months into my own private practice. And uh, this lady calls in and she is 62 years old, comes in excruciating back pain, cannot move. She comes in and she's like hunched forward and I'm taking my history and she's just like, Oh, well I was helping my son move. And, um, and I slept on his couch, and then I woke up with this back pain, and it's just excruciating pain. It's 11 out of 10, and I'm like, okay, can you lay down face down? You know, I'm going through, like, just movements, watching her move and all that stuff. Can you lay down face down? And she's like, oh, no, this hurts so much. So, like, okay, sit up. And can you sit up straight? She's like, no, no, I can't. Painful. And I go, what position doesn't hurt? So she gets in this, like, 30 degree leaning forward with her chin down. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to palpate a little bit. So, I, you know, put my hands on her spine and I was just palpating around the thoracolumbar junction, just a little bit above it. She's like, oh my God, super, super painful to the touch. And I was like, I'm total. I am nine months out of, out of college, right? I'm nine months into practice, three months into private practice. This is probably my 15th patient all time, right? And I'm like, don't touch it. Just something said, don't touch it. And I was like, all right, I ain't touching it. So I put CBD lotion, 
put a little bit of CBD lotion on her. She's she felt great. And I said, listen, if the pain doesn't get any better, call me. She didn't call me, right? Two days later, she calls me from the hospital. And she had to go that morning because the pain was so bad. They take an x-ray of her. She had a, a collapsed vertebra. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. I'm so I glad. I didn't gotcha. adjust, but I still missed. <laughs> right? Hey, just imagine if I had adjusted. She would have been in excruciating pain. Right? Oh, so that would have been so much better. Well, for the podcast. I know. It would have been so much better for the podcast. I try not to fuck up that bad, you know, but I still missed a collapsed vertebra, you know, because I didn't, I I didn't schedule the x-ray. She had to go on her own to schedule the x-ray. I just thought it was another muscle spasm, right? 62 year old lady, muscle spasm really bad. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to touch you because I don't know how you're going to react to it. And, you know, a year and a half later, 22 year old kid. Comes to my office, same symptoms. This time I adjusted them. Calls me four hours later. He's on his way to the emergency room because the pain is so bad. I did not hear from him for six months. No, six months, no, 16 months. It was almost a year and a half later. He calls me to schedule another appointment. And I'm like, are you sure you want to come back to me? Because last time you came here, you went to the emergency room. And he's like, oh, yeah, the pain was so bad. I got an x-ray, and they just gave me muscle relaxants. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Uh, so very similar presentation. I was like, oh, you know what? This kid's 22 years old. He's not going to have a collapsed vertebra. Didn't have a collapsed vertebra. But he still ended up going to the emergency room. I was just so it, that freaked me out, you know, and and then not listening for 16 months. You know, I'm sorry that I don't have a cool ass story, but you know, those are my fuck ups. <laughs> in my in my own opinion, those are my fuck ups. <laughs> uh, I was I was quietly hoping for you to like uh, have a spondylosis that you just went to fucking town on. Now, but then again, those are quite stable, aren't they? What was that again? Spondylosis. I don't really get many of those. Don't? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I, uh, actually, I think I think I may have a new uh, one of my new patients that he reached out to me for my new office. I think he may have one, and I think he might have gotten adjusted a few times by another chiropractor and made it worse. Um, but yeah, I mean. I haven't, I, in my practice in the last five years, I, I have seen zero spondylosis. Yeah. Well, a confession from my, is that I still struggle to understand the difference between a spondylolisthesis and a spondylosis. So, yeah. Spondylosis, if I am correct, <laughs> spondylosis is the break, and then yeah. the spondylolisthesis is the slippage of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I forget one of my one of my professors really good at radiology. He he could tell them apart. And granted, he's been doing this for like thirty years. You know, he could tell them apart. And he he gave me a story of how he remembered it, but um, I forgot the story. So, <laughs> whoops. 
guess I didn't learn much in school. What can you do? Well, either way. All right, Thomas, if people uh, listens to my podcast and this podcast, where do they reach you if you want to, you know, if they want you, to uh, you. make fun of me or pick at me for being a chiropractor or, you know, they want to say should. As they should. Yeah. They should probably. Uh, or, they, or say something against, you know, dry needling or. Yeah, please you know, do. Things or something. Um, they can find me on X at, uh, yeah. I think it's DR Thomas KFFMN, which is Dr. Thomas Kaufman, uh, because I do take pride on my doctorate degree, unlike other people that, uh, you know, say the chiropractors are not doctors. Uh, and then yeah. I, same thing on Instagram, uh, DR Thomas KFFMN, so Dr. Thomas Kaufman. Um, I will follow you on Instagram right now so you can spell it out. Mean. Uh, so again, you know, at Instagram is Dr. DR Thomas, T H O M A S, Kaufman, K F F M N. And Kaufman is abbreviated. Um, but yeah, you, you know, I'm pretty active. I try to be pretty active on Instagram and uh, the X. strength doctor. Yeah, I'm Pyro yeah, SMC Pro, educator interested in hybrid athlete long term development. Yeah, go and follow you there. And then you mentioned something about your own podcast oh yeah so i mean i had a podcast back uh jesus uh maybe two years ago um i had i had 10 episodes and i just got busy with with the office and decided to put it on hold but i am thinking of starting a new podcast uh something similar like this on the yeah. uh, unfiltered space right yeah. a little bit more less uh, less professional and a little bit more honest from professionals, I guess that's, you know, that's what it would be. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm going to have to bring you in and actually I'm going to have to grill you at some point. So, you know, keep posting. Oh, yeah, you I have good material. Um, I'll keep up with that. Yeah, you do. You have to bring me on. Yeah. You'll be, uh, you'll be some, one of the few first, first guests. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, uh, just repeat my mantra like Kairos are bad, Kairos are bad, Kairos are bad. Right. If I would say fuses are useless, I don't know. Some fuses are useless and some Kairos are useless. Some MDs oh, are absolutely useless. Absolutely, man. Like, it's, it's just yeah, the way the cookie crumbles, man. No, and no. Uh, my biggest regret in life, my sister, my youngest sister is a Kairo. And uh, yes! you know, she. Ah. She, chose the, she chose the path of Satan. I am in the light of God. You know, I had a student who she went to chiropractic school, and I tried to get to know all my students. You know, and this will be, you know, because we probably should have to cut it. Um, both of her parents are surgeons. So I asked her how her oh, parents yeah. felt about her going into chiropractic school, and, and they said that they're not, they're not paying for her schooling. <laughs> I was like, oh, and you still came to chiropractic school? Man, you must really believe. Oh, this point is just, uh, but uh, all right, let's leave on a, a, a bad note. And uh, you tell me your student loan, and I'll tell you. You want to know my loan. student loan? All right. And keep in mind, I've been at university for eight years in Norway. Oh man, your student loan is gonna be like a payment of my student loan. 
Um, let's see. As of November 16, 2023, my student loan payment is. Are you ready? Yeah. $267,000. That's American dollars. 216,000. Oh, that's not bad. Look at that. I'm winning. No, 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 no. That's what you said, wasn't it? No, 267. 200 then? 67, 267,000. Yeah. All right. My student loan debt after eight years of university in Norway uh, is approximately $19,000. Well, um, why haven't you paid that off? Because it's the only loan that it's good in Norway. If I, I my student that is, if I die, I get raised. Really? Yeah. Damn it! I should probably move to Norway. Yeah, you should. Can I transfer you my should. loans to Norway? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Well, if I don't transfer them to Norway, perfect. They stay in the United States. I move to Norway. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Win win. Oh, yeah. Win win bit. Yeah. <laughs> It's been, uh, it's been a good, you know what, Thomas? Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a good, it's been Mark, a great. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me, man. You know, I really thought you were going to grill me more, but I guess. I'm a nice, I'm a nice bloke. Material. I'm a nice bloke. And then, and, and uh, I'm also terrible at oral debates. Oh, oh, so I'm, you have yeah, to hide behind I'm more of a, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm more of a keyboard warrior. Uh, right. To be fair, but uh, also I generally just like talking with people and 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 get uh, different views and stuff like that. I think that's where we learn the most. And, I, think, uh, I think so too. Yeah, and uh, but you got where you can reach Doctor Thomas Kaufman, the half Mexican German man, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Now X, yeah. and uh, yeah, so please give him a follow if you can, or uh, ignore him and block him as you should, because like by default it's a Cairo, that's the appropriate move. But I think I think Martin only likes me because I'm I'm his future source of trillium. Yeah, and that is also true. Yeah, but do not disrespect on the trillium. So, <laughs> anyways. To uh, whoever made it this far, it's been a quite a long podcast episode, and that's that's weird because last time I talked with uh, someone who used passive treatments in the repertoire was with uh, Ana Maria Masieri, and uh, we ended up getting quite drunk and had a good oh, time. Yeah, and I'm hoping to bring her back and talking about like not only how it's like to touch people, but like. Not only why do you touch people, but how it's like to touch people. Yeah, you and, should uh, touch your patients. Yeah. 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 And uh, I have so many bad sexual jokes about you putting your needle into your patients, but I'll <laughs> keep them in my own mind. And thank you again for coming, Thomas. Martin, for having me. Pleasure. Yeah. And uh, it's midday where you are. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm still going to go work yeah. out. 
of the four. <laughs> yeah, fine. Oh, yeah. Love it. I love it. Love it. I did my workout today. Went to the hotel gym. I'm at the hotel. I'm kids free for a fucking week. And uh, get drunk. I'm going to get drunk and up again. And tomorrow I'm going to the Norwegian test center and have some uh, lectures about the stress and pain. Okay. Sleep and pain. And then we're going to do some uh, test labs. Pain oh, how fun. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, probably put my dick into ice water, but, you know. That's how yeah. cookie crumbles. Man. If you if you follow Huberman's protocols, then you're fine. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, fucking ice bats. Yeah. Oh uh, shit! That's that's another. That's another. Don't get me started about fucking ice baths and and fasting and stuff like that. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, we know calorie restriction helps your fucking health. The way you get it is probably not that important. And this. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But again, thank you for coming, I, I think Thomas. you and I could probably record for another 10 hours. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe four with my bottle, the way it's looking, but you yeah. know. I've got uh another two triple IPAs sitting on sitting on the shelf. So yeah. I'm good for a You're just sitting on the shelf? Now. Yeah, but I already you had uh, more? I'm, I'm I'm, I already drank like uh, three double IPAs somewhere. Yeah, I am because I have to go to school tomorrow. I am a very great Norwegian pupil. I have to be uh, conscious when the teachers talk to me. And that's another thing. When you sit in lectures, when was the last time you sat in, into a lecture or course, Thomas? God, five years. Yeah. So I'm I'm into lectures now. I'm I'm taking my master's degree. So I got in Norway a physio is a bachelor's degree with one year, so that's four years. And I'm taking my master's now and I'm questioning everything. Like when the lecturer asks you a simple question, it could be like two plus okay. four equals four. Mm -hmm. And I will sit there like fuck, is it four? Is two plus two four? What is two plus two? Is it I'm I'm just flabbergasted. I'm 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 the silent kid in my class. I so after I started teaching, I I started taking some of the stuff that I was coming across Twitter, you know, and I would ponder on it. But since I started teaching, I haven't sat in a lecture where I'm actually learning from somebody else, you know, and, and I've thought about going back to school because I don't have a master's. I skipped that master's section. So I went yeah. I went undergrad, then to- And you still school. call yourself a doctor. I know, yeah, I know. You know. Oh, fucking I just found a way to get through it. You know, um, But I thought about just going back for a master's degree and a PhD just to know more. Why did you go back for your master's? Well, I had this strange idea that I would learn more, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I got two small kids. I'm sleep deprived, and why do we do anything really? So it's what you're enough. saying is, you went into a master's program to get away from your kids and sleep more. No comment. 
And with that, uh, we'll end this recording. But thank you for listening to the Friday Physical Confession podcast. Thanks again, Thomas, for having us. And uh, yeah. Martin, thank you for chat. having me, man. Oh, Appreciate perfect. it. Chat. Yeah. Oh, this will be the longest one ever. First Cairo, yeah. longest session. Yeah. Ever. That's oh. Weird Cairo's. Happy day.